a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We've been spending most of today talking about the protests in Salt Lake City. We'll continue that later on in the program. We're going to step away for a few moments now, though, and I want to talk to you about outer space. We talked on Friday about how SpaceX and NASA had planned to send two American astronauts into outer space, launched from American soil, the first time since almost a decade past. Well, the weather wasn't cooperative on Saturday. That broke my little heart. I thought you and I were going to be able to count down the launch here together. Well, unfortunately, no, it was postponed until Saturday. And that was okay. Silver lining there is I was able to sit down in front of the TV with my beautiful little baby, Piper, and say, honey, look up at that TV. She's only seven months, so she probably, number one, shouldn't be watching TV. And number two, certainly can't understand what's going on on the screen. But I wanted to share that little moment of history with her nonetheless. And so it was at about 3.35 Eastern Time, 1.30, just after 1.30 here in the mountains, that two American astronauts aboard SpaceX's Crew Dragon spacecraft separated from the Falcon 9 rocket and officially reached orbit. It's a fascinating thing. The giant, giant rocket, Falcon 9 it's called. Falcon, named after the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars, and 9, the number 9, referring to the 9 engines, which roar to life when the countdown reached zero, lifting those two Americans uh, bound for orbit and ultimately bound for the International Space Station where they arrived uh, not long after. They are there now. In fact, uh, we have a little bit of audio from how things played out over the weekend in this launch. Let me start here. Uh, Anna Menon, she's the spacecraft communicator for SpaceX. She tells the crew that docking is complete. This is after launch. This is after orbit was reached and after the Crew Dragon capsule had made its way all the way to the International Space Station. So here is uh, Anna Menon announcing a complete docking. Dragon SpaceX, docking sequence is complete. SpaceX Dragon, we copy docking complete. To say that it's been a real honor to be just a small part of this uh, nine-year endeavor since the last time the United States spaceship has docked with the International Space Station. That second voice you hear was Doug Hurley, one of the two astronauts who are now residing at the International Space Station, having been lifted off from American soil. You mentioned, or you heard there, to Doug Hurley, the astronaut, point out that uh, it's the first time 
uh, in nine years to have been able to pull this off. Now, y- you might wonder if you're not too dialed into the, the goings-on in space travel undertaken by NASA, how have we been getting our U.S. astronauts to outer space? Well, the answer, unfortunately, is that we've been buying seats on Russian rockets, the Soyuz. And that's how we've been going back and forth between the International Space Station for the past nearly decade. Uh, well, that's different now. That's all different. One interesting thing about that, the Falcon 9 rocket that I mentioned a moment ago, one of the one of the reasons why this is such a historic moment, not only because we are back in the business of space travel here uh, on domestic soil, but also because of the efficiencies which have been discovered and the innovations which have led to our ability now to use this Falcon 9 rocket to launch our astronauts and their space vehicle uh, out into orbit and to the space station. And then, as that rocket falls back to Earth, it is not lost forever. It's not a one-time use deal. But that Falcon 9 rocket, that SpaceX product, is now able to uh, navigate its way back to an autonomously driven barge in the middle of the ocean, uh, zero in on exactly the landing zone, and position itself using rockets, smaller rockets and such, and ultimately come to a safe landing on that barge where we will again be able to reuse it. That's a that's a massive, massive development, something we haven't really experienced in space travel uh, before. Jim Bridenstine. As you've been following this along with me, we've heard from Jim Bridenstine a number of times. He's uh, a former member of Congress and is currently serving as the NASA administrator. And he calls what happened an incredible time to be at NASA with new vehicles starting in low orbit and then on to the moon and Mars. This is an incredible time to be at NASA. Three new vehicles to be flown, continuing mission in low Earth orbit, and then to the moon and Mars. We thank you again and congratulate you. This next piece of audio is fascinating. I'm anxious to let you hear it. It comes from Joshua Kutrick, who's a Canadian Space Agency astronaut and a NASA Space Station mission controller. He welcomes the team to the International Space Station and congratulates SpaceX. Endeavor, this is Houston. Bob and Doug, welcome to the International Space Station after your spectacular rendezvous and docking of the first Crew Dragon vehicle. For the first time since the retirement of the space shuttle, you've completed a historic ride to the ISS and have opened up a new chapter in human space exploration. On behalf of the flight control teams here in Houston and in Hawthorne, California, and to our SpaceX colleagues, bravo on a magnificent moment in spaceflight history and on the start of a new journey that has changed the face of space travel in this new area of space transportation. Bob and Doug, good luck, and we look forward to working with you on board. The day of the first scheduled launch of the Falcon 9 rocket and this joint venture between SpaceX and NASA, Elon Musk addressed the media before uh, the scheduled launch. And he said a number of things, and he uh, you know, spoke about the ingenuity and the innovation that's been undertaken and executed by his company. But he also used a phrase, he used it a, a few times, which I have taken to heart, and it is that this effort is hopefully reigniting the dream of space. Reigniting the dream of space. I was not around in the 60s when we were engaged as a nation against the Soviets in the space race. 
I wasn't around to gather around the television set in black and white watch as Neil Armstrong took the first step onto the moon, but I have since come to learn a great deal, and I have since come to speak with many individuals whose lives were shaped by that very event, and who remember that event as a pivotal point in not only American but human history. And that excitement is what propelled us into space, and for whatever reason, that excitement waned a bit. And we have, after Gene Cernan took the final steps on the moon, uh, no one has been back. We should go back. I'd like us to go back. I know Elon Musk would like us to go back, and President Trump, and Jim Bridenstine, and all the rest who are engaged in this new chapter in space exploration. And I can't wait for us to get there, because I hope that I might be able to experience just a little sliver of the excitement that was experienced by uh, my parents and grandparents, and yours and your grandparents, uh, back when Neil Armstrong took a step on the moon. I cannot wait uh, for the next chapter uh, of space exploration to start yielding some uh, wonderful and exciting and earth-changing results. Quick break. When we come back, another story which was overshadowed over the weekend by the protests, and it's that Colin Ray concert. Did you go? Well, Colin Ray didn't perform, but a number of individuals still got together. We're going to be speaking with the original organizer of that event, gentleman we've spoken to once before on this program, Eric Mutsos. He'll be my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.